This podcast is brought to you by Modest Coffee, single origin coffee without the snobbery. Go to www.modest.coffee forward slash no bad reviews to see what coffees they're roasting today. Cheers! Welcome to No Bad Reviews, colon, a coffee podcast. This is a podcast where three friends, coffee industry professionals, and co-workers get together now every other week. Sorry, guys. I know that there's been some people who are sad to not hear us once a week. But yeah, every other week now, we get together and we try a coffee and commit to giving it no bad reviews. And, you know, if you're lucky, we'll tell you something about it. So, you know, only if you're lucky, though. I'm Jenny, and I run the operations at a coffee company. I'm Marcus. I'm an award-winning coffee roaster. I'm a bad boy. (laughs) (laughs) The baddest. The baddest. And, you know, I'm just just chilling. Like a villain, because you're the baddest. Yeah. Hmm. I'm Stephanie, and I am the modest coffee babe of the month. <laughs> As you can tell by my bikini. If for those of you who aren't here, Steph wore a bikini to record today. It's really awesome. I'm also bagging coffee in a bikini all month long. So So yeah. if you if you need to come in and buy coffee or if you're thinking of buying it online but you're local, I would say just just stop by. See Steph in person. <laughs> yeah. Check out this outfit. That's right. Thank you all for recognizing me. Mm-hmm. That's the babe of the month. Yeah. Well Here we are. It's been two weeks, which is so strange. It felt long. It did feel really long. Yeah. I saw one of our listeners at a party next door over Uh the weekend, and Uh she was saying how sad she was that she wasn't going to be hearing us. Aw. And so I do feel badly Hmm. for people listening who like to hear us once a week. But I would just say how grateful I am that people are allowing us without coming after us with like pitchforks or something <laughs> to have this like small amount of time back in our lives. And it's actually been really nice to not have Marcus working seven days a week because, you know, between the market and recording his entire weekends were taken up. Yeah. Our whole house had COVID this last week. And then I've had like this little bit of a cough, which is not a COVID cough, mm-hmm. but I'm like, am I spreading? Co- Do I have COVID? Do I have COVID? <laughs> no, it's just allergies. But I'm like all week. I've spent a small fortune on home tests. <laughs> because every single day I've tested myself. It's scary. It's like, uh, I don't know. It's annoying. I'm I'm ready to like not have to think about all this anymore. Yeah, I mean like when COVID eventually becomes like the flu and you don't have to like stress out about it so much. Right. And like, oh, you're feeling better. Go on about your day again. Yep. I think we're e- inching towards that. I think so. Um, so I'm that, glad uh, everyone's recovering though. Mm. Is that the business? Yeah, me too. That's a health update. That's a health update. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm, like, more excited to be here every two weeks. It's like there's anticipation building now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can't wait for it now. I know. Like, I've missed you Fun. guys. Yeah. I'm really excited about this week. I'm really excited about this week, too. So, yeah, do we have any, I don't know if we have any clarifications. <gasps> oh, do actually, we? I do have some clarifications. Oh, okay, Sorry, great. we have to wait one more minute to hear about our product this week. I have several clarifications. They're all really short. Several. Um, 
What did we get wrong? No, we didn't get anything wrong. No, These I'm are just more up- they're updates. Okay, they're okay. updates. I want to just like go way back to the Cafe Du Monde episode. Ooh, we talked about back. chicory. Uh huh. It's blooming on the side of the road right now. Oh no Ooh. way! Yeah, drive around. Do we know what it looks like? It's little blue flowers. Okay. It's little blue flowers, and I saw them today on the way to the warehouse. Oh. Like if you take the route over the river and past the school, you'll see it blooming. Mm. All over on Route 56. Wow. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, go look for it. Little blue flowers, so pretty, all along the side of the road. So if nice. you dig up that root, you can make yourself some really bitter, terrible coffee. That's right. Yay. <laughs> there you go. Just cut it with some Robusta, and you'll have the same caffeine content of a regular cup of coffee. For half the price. That's right. And it'll just be, it'd probably be like a quarter of the price. <laughs> Especially if you're digging it up yourself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're going to need a ton of milk. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, cool. It's great to see it. Um, I believe it was the Chock Full of Nuts episode where I said that Baker Square used to have a different name. Yes. And our friend Heidi pointed out Poppin' Fresh. She remembered that it was Poppin' Fresh before it was Baker Square. The name changed in 1983. Okay. So that was before I started high school, but I would have remembered yeah. that. Uh-huh. Yeah. But then I was also right because at by the time my memory started... Everybody got their pies from Baker Square at the family holidays. Right. We were both right. We were both right. <laughs> yeah. Um, from the Java Monster episode, two things. Our friend Ellis wanted us to know that Suicidal Tendencies, which is a band supported by the Monster Beverage Company. Did we talk about that one in the episode? I think we mentioned them. I think we mentioned that they existed yeah. and we had heard of them. Okay. Sure. It was one of the yeah. few bands we'd heard of. I think that they used to be played on Q101 at one point in time, right? Uh, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> um, there are people of color in the band. Oh, good. Oh, so cool. That was an example of people of color that Java Monster is, or that Monster is supporting. Cool. Um, so Monster is... They have their DEI. Have been, <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> we've not been sued yet, so I'm going to keep it that way. Remember when we were only worried about being sued by, like... Leon Black, and it yeah. wasn't a big deal at all. Right. And now it's like really getting scary. Right. <laughs> the number of people who might sue us. Ah, <laughs> it's a good thing we have like a super solid and strong, well-paid legal department. That's so right. like if anybody were thinking of suing us, they should really think twice because our lawyers will take you the fuck down. That's right. We've got really good lawyers. Mm-hmm. Teams. Sure do. Dozens. I just represent myself in court. <laughs> Like, objection. <laughs> that would be really fun. Marcus, you're not supposed to give away our secret legal secrets. I know, man. I can fucking fight all day. doesn't cost me a dime. <laughs> um, also from the Monster episode, I uh, Jason kind of yelled at me because I didn't mention Four Loco. Wasn't Four Loco banned, though? Okay, so Four Loco was originally an energy drink that also contained alcohol. Mm-hmm. And yes, it was banned. It's complicated. So Four Loco came out in 2005. It contained all the stuff that Monster contains, like caffeine, taurine, guarana. And then it also contained wormwood, which is the psychoactive ingredient Ugh. in absence. Yeah, I was just about to say, this is, a, this is like one hell of a drink. Yeah, and then with the alcohol, right? So it came out in 2005. It had a good run for like five years. And then... Um, it was universities first who started banning it. Mm. So many like teenagers and college kids were like having overdoses. Basically. Holy shit. 
You know what? It was the Wild West in another era. It, it kind of was. <laughs> like nowadays, what do kids do? Fucking vape and smoke weed. <laughs> it's like all come back full circle to the 70s without the That's LSD. Right. <laughs> mm, I think it's still popular. Uh, Steph, tell me, where can you get LSD? Uh, I can get you some LSD if you yeah. want some. Is it probably. easy to find, though? Yeah. yeah. I, I don't trust you. you, you, you wanna, don't... I'll, get you I'll get you some LSD by 3 o'clock. um universities banned it states started banning it cities and states started banning it and finally the fda said you can either take out the alcohol or you can take out the energy but you can't have both because kids are like really getting fucked up on this stuff so they opted to take out the energy and leave the alcohol in so four loco is now just an alcoholic beverage the ingredients are carbonated water sugar Artificial flavors and colors, and the alcohol, that's it. Huh. But So it's like a White Claw or something. It seems like a White Claw or something. But the alcohol by volume, depending on state regulations, is 6 to 14%. Huh. And the cans are 24 ounces. Nice. Ooh, that's a big guy. A 24-ounce can that's 14% ABV is f- like equivalent to five shots of vodka. Huh. Well, that's going to cool. get you fucked up. Kids, please... Sweet. Be careful. Like, this shit will kill you. Damn. Uh, Good to know. Yeah. I feel informed. Does anybody, do any kids drink Four loco though? I have no idea who drinks Four loco. I have no, I I don't know. I tried one once. A friend of mine had one back in the day when it still had all the things in it. And he was like, try this. And he poured some into a glass. And the color was so horrifying to me. (gasps) Was it like neon purple? It was like a neon yellow but like so like antifreeze yeah is it it like drinking a highlighter that's what it sounds like yes okay yeah cool that's exactly what i'm picturing just like whatever liquid they fill highlighters with gross so yeah i don't know who's drinking for loco but if i mean just be careful out there kids that's all yeah (sighs) which brings us to our caffeinated alcoholic beverage of the day yay Yay. it's my favorite episode uh, already i'm just i'm here for the ride not the alcohol that's okay yeah i feel weird doing an episode that you can't taste but it's like your dream episode too so well listen I was never much of a beer drinker Mm. um i always thought it was gross and that actually kind of goes for all alcohol Hmm. So, like, I don't think I miss alcohol quite so much. Hmm. I think the hardest thing in the beginning of sobriety was just learning how to, like, talk to people, like, without being wasted. Right. Or at least, like, nice and tipsy. And I've mastered that now. So I think I'm okay without alcohol. I have no taste buds for drinking. Okay. Well, I hope you aren't missing anything today. Or I I hope you are, and it's good. We'll see. Well, I think PBR, I think it's an interesting company. I think it's a classic beer. Um, It's definitely punk rock. And so, like, that kind (laughs) of harkens back to, like, an earlier time in my life. So learning about the company is going to be really interesting. So I am actually really excited, even if I don't have to try it. I have a whole can of whipped cream there, too, though, if I want to. If I just want to do shots of whipped cream. Not whippets. Not with it. It's not a relapse. <laughs> uh, so Pabst Blue Ribbon Hard Coffee is our product of the day. Mm, yum. And it is not like when I first heard this, I was imagining like a coffee with beer in it. Like you might get a porter or a stout with coffee in it. But this is just 
I think this is actually going to taste like Java Monster. Aww. This is no. sort of like a latte in a can Ew. with alcohol. Oh. Yeah. I really thought it was going to be more like a yeah. coffee stout. Right. Sorry. Well, um, look how sad Marcus looks now. I've just ruined his yeah, whole Yeah, I thought it plan. was coffee and beer. Yeah. You know. It's like a, yeah, no. And it's just like a hard coffee. It's just a hard coffee. Because, you know, Pabst, that's who I think of when I think of like, right. you know, an alternative to beer. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's like about no. Like a hard coffee. No. Top the list, Pabst, for sure. <laughs> That's what I think. Sorry, Man, bud. this is going to be so hard for me to miss today, guys. Mm. Um, the story is definitely good. Pabst Blue Ribbon dates back to 1844. Dang. Whoa, pre-Civil War, huh? Pre-Civil War. This Damn. is two years before Milwaukee is um, incorporated as a city. Huh. This is four years before Wisconsin gets statehood. Wow. This is like basically the wild frontier. Is it in Milwaukee then? It's in Milwaukee. Yes. Well, like territory, but Pabst was there first. Pabst was there before Milwaukee was. (laughs) At the time, was Milwaukee or Chicago a bigger city? Do you know? I would assume Chicago was at the time. And Chicago is the bigger producer of beer as well, with Milwaukee being a close second. Now, one thing that, which I don't actually know because I'm from the Midwest, but like the perception or the joke I've heard about the Midwest is we're all about like beer. Mm-hmm. Are people, are there, there's beers from, beers are a thing in other places, <laughs> right? Like is beer a thing or is it just a thing for the Midwest? Beers are a thing everywhere. A lot of Germans settled in the Midwest. In 1850, the state of Wisconsin, which had just become a state, a third of the population was German. Mm. Damn. Yeah. So I think that's why the Midwest has this big beer reputation is because so many... So many brewers Yeah. popped up. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And everyone in our story today, German? literally everyone is a German immigrant in our story. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Until we get to the, like, venture capitalists and even one of them. Okay, so milwaukee 1844 a german immigrant named jacob best opens a brewery with his four sons it's called the empire brewery they started out producing something like 300 barrels a year Hmm. and i'm already gonna take a quick aside to tell a second origin story two of those sons left and started up their own brewery they called it the plank road brewery Hmm. they owned it for five years and then sold it in 1855 to a very recent like fresh off the boat immigrants they sold it for $2,300 the new owner's name was Frederick Miller he changed the name to the Miller Brewing Company no shit and that's how that got started wow so Miller started with Pabst or the best yeah and that was just inadvertently um, started Miller yeah (gasps) Like 11 years later is when Miller officially became a company. Yeah. Crazy. So Jacob Best ran it for a while. And then I don't know what happened to the third son. But in 1860, only one of the four sons was left. Um, Philip. He took control and changed the name to the Philip Best and Company. Okay. He named it after himself. Completely. Completely after himself. First and last name. (laughs) All right. He ran it for about, gosh, only a few years. And by the time he left, they were doing 14,000 barrels a year. That's so a lot of barrels. He did wow. a good job. He had two kids. 
And unfortunately, they were both mm. girls. Uh. <laughs> um, luckily, they were attractive enough to marry well, and there was someone to take over the brewery. Oh, so oh, the, bro- the son-in-law had a... Oh, this fucking gets yep, me. Yeah, it's always the son-in-law, right? Um, his oldest daughter, Maria, married a guy named... We have a captain on this episode. Oh, that's Cap- what they have in Wisconsin. They have captains. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> <laughs> Honorary captains. Honorary captains, captains. Yeah. Right. This guy was a legit fucking captain, Frederick Pabst. Nice. Oh. Cool. Um, what was he a captain of? Okay, so let me tell you a little bit about this guy. Okay. German immigrants. Okay. Um, he was living in Chicago. He emigrated with his parents, Gottlieb and Frederica Pabst, when he was 12 years old. And they landed in Chicago. And when he was 14, he started working on steamships. He was a cabin boy on Lake hmm. Michigan steamships. Hmm. By the time he was 21, he was a captain. Huh. Just he, rose the ranks on Lake Michigan. That's right. right. He was a captain of a side-wheeler steamship called the Comet. And he went, uh, his route was Chicago to Milwaukee to Manitowoc, Wisconsin. I think I know of that. I think we just saw a sign for that. Cool. It's like halfway up or whatever. (laughs) Um, So he married Maria, the oldest daughter. And a couple years later, he sold his commission, however that works, with boat captains. Maybe it's like you, you're kind of like an Uber driver of the sea. Right, (laughs) right. Um, I think maybe the commission is the route, and he yeah. sold the route. I don't quite. I didn't look into like that. He's Sorry. Like he's like, yeah, he's probably selling like the like the stops and the business side mm-hmm. of it. I mm-hmm. would have to guess. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. Smell a uh, clarification coming. <laughs> I guess if we have a listener that knows about boats, give us a call. Yeah. Well, we do have a friend whose husband is a boating guy. A captain. A seaman. We should start calling he, him captain. We should. Now that you've said that. Sarah, if you're listening. Except, like, they, they take that shit very seriously, and he's like, oh, no, I'm not That's a captain. That's not funny. No. Yeah. I know. No. That, yeah, they do I'm take a... that sea shit seriously. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> not like colonels. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Captain Pabst and Maria got married, and a couple years later, um, Philip Best, the father, sold half of the brewery to Captain Pabst. Nice. Um, the other daughter, oh, for twenty one thousand dollars. What in eighteen sixty four? That's a lot so of fucking like, money. I think. Yeah, a million bucks. Right? I mean, he was doing pretty well as a captain, I guess. Cool. And then a couple years later, Lizette, the younger daughter, also got married to a guy named Emil Shandine, and he purchased the remaining half. Hmm. So the two son-in-laws ended up running, they still called it the Best Brewery, Philip Best and Company, um, and they ran it for quite a while, and they were both really good at it. They were good businessmen, they were, um, they understood marketing, and they were really interested in... They had a bunch of Instagram influencers. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) They sent it out to like... Like the sea captains of Instagram? <laughs> like the hot, sexy sea captains? I don't know how you market back in the day. They were like one of the first people to do brewery tours. Oh. Yeah. So that smart. was like an interesting way of marketing. Oh, yeah. I bet a lot of people were like, oh, cool. Yeah, something to do. What else is there to do? Yeah. I mean, people are still like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, they were also just like really into new technology and advances. They were like one of the first breweries to have ice machines and incandescent lights back when electricity was like scary huh. yeah i mean like how did they have an ice machine 
Yeah. How did that work? What um, year was this? Artificial Ice Machines, 1880. Incandescent Lights, 1882. So the Dang. ice machine came before electricity? Isn't that... Well, or... Or light bulbs? Yeah. Huh. I guess. I mean, I guess if I had to choose between, like, cold refrigeration and light, I'd probably choose the fridge. That's true. Yeah. Really quickly about the captain and Maria. Uh, they had 10 kids in 12 years. Wow. They're Damn. busy. Only five of them survived into adulthood. Well, you had Ooh. to do that back in the 1800s. Yeah, because... You, you lost them. Yeah. No penicillin and right. shit. Um, their mansion, they built a mansion in Milwaukee. It's now a museum and they do, um, candlelight tours. Hmm. I'm determined to go. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Field trip. Yeah. Let's do it. Excellent. Um, so they're running the brewery. Everything's going really well. 1871, something fantastic happens. I mean, for them. Prohibition. Uh, Great Chicago fire. Oh, <laughs> that was that was not. I was not going to guess that. No. Well, it was like a, technically a tragedy, but nineteen Chicago breweries burned to the ground. Oh, and wow. Chicago brewing never really recovered from that. Like they were the number one brewing city in the country, and they never got that back. Wow. Literally overnight, Philip Best and Company became the second largest brewery in the country. Whoa. Just like that. Just Insane. move all those orders, right? By 1873, they were selling 100,000 barrels a year. Whoa. That's big. That's is a that lot. 100,000 barrels? Yeah. Yeah. What is it, like 55 gallons in a barrel? Oh, I don't know the answer to that. 31 to 42 gallons. Oh. 31.5, technically. It's called the United States Customary System and the British Imperial. That's how they measure. Mm. Okay. 1882 is when they started tying the blue ribbons onto the bottles they had won a lot of awards at this point wait they tied a ribbon so this is oh my god this is so cute of the brilliant marketing of these guys bottles did not have labels they didn't have stickers they it was just like a brown bottle that had paps you know sort of engraved on Mm. the glass yeah Mm -hmm. so you had if you were in a bar and there were three kinds of beer available they were all just in these plain brown bottles so paps decided since they'd won so many awards to tie these silk ribbons and it was silk like there wasn't polyester ribbon at that time it was actual silk hand tied onto every bottle wow that's a lot of of work pretty cool but it was brilliant marketing because Mm -hmm. everybody was like give me the blue ribbon oh yeah it was like it stood out so much compared to the other beers perhaps kept using those blue ribbons until world war one when silk was a lot harder to get Hmm. but Mm. for something like 20 years they were 30 years they were tying those ribbons on by 1900 they were going through a million feet of ribbon a year Damn. Wow. That's Feet. crazy. Isn't that crazy? Jeez. We should start adding ribbon, silk ribbon to our bags. <laughs> Do you mind tying that stuff? <laughs> no, that's no problem. I look forward. <laughs> so increase sales to a million bags a year. That'd be cool. <laughs> yeah, that's not, that's not that many like, ribbons for you to put oh on Oh my there. gosh, my hands are cramping just thinking about it. <laughs> Um, in 1888, um, Shandine, the other brother-in-law, passed away while on holiday in Germany, and that left Captain Pabst completely in control of brewing 
and the real estate empire that they had acquired by that point. I don't know why they were buying up so much land, but that was part of their whole business plan. They had land all over the country. Wow. Wow, that's really interesting. Were they setting up like bars? Because I know, remember, Schlitz would be like, hey, if you want to serve our beer, we'll build you a bar. Yes, we're jumping ahead slightly, but there was a lot of, they owned hundreds of taverns all over the u.s Hmm. okay and they also own some farmland too i mean if you think back then there's just lots of i mean what they considered to be open land that was not claimed pristine untouched right your god-given manifest destiny yeah yes coast to coast baby that's right uh um in 1889 a year after his partner died he went ahead and changed the name to the pabst brewing company and the next big event is 1893. Wait, so he said he changed the name and it was still successful because like a lot of times in marketing, they recommend that you don't change the name. So mm. that was kind of a, a would it be re- worth the risk just to have your name attached to it? Right. Yeah. It's well, got a better ring to it. Pabst. Pabst. I don't best beer, though. I know. I mean, the Philip Bastian company is a little much, but best beer seems... Mm-hmm. Like a good name, too. Yeah, that's true. 1893 was the Columbia Exhibition. Oh. The um, World's Fair. World's Fair in Chicago. So Pabst went. Pabst hired a Milwaukee architect named Otto Strake to design uh, a trade pavilion inside the agricultural building. Wow. It contained a 13-foot-tall model of the brewery made of terracotta and covered in gold leaf. Huh. The shit that people wasted money on back in the day. <laughs> it was on an elaborate platform supported by gnomes. I assume terracotta gnomes and not actual gnomes <laughs> from like the, the enchanted forest in Germany or whatever. Yeah. Um, the entire structure was covered in hop vines and beer steins, the god and goddess of barley and hops. Um, there was a big art glass dome at the top. It's kind of dope. When the exposition was over, he had it dismantled and shipped to his house. Nice. And it was like a private conservatory. That's cool. Oh, that would be fucking cool. Isn't that cool? Other things that were premiered at the 1893 Columbian Exposition. Cotton candy, right? No, that was a different one. Oh, Hanson okay. soda. Are you guys remembering this and I'm not because I don't I don't have those things written down. <laughs> Marcus is fucking with you right now. <laughs> I do know the Ferris wheel. The Ferris wheel. Good job. Yeah. The light bulb. Zippers. Mm. Zippers were not around before the Columbian Exposition. Just buttons, you guys. Uh, Cracker Jacks. Oh. Mm. Wrigley's Chewing Gum. Huh. Aunt Jemima Pancake Mix. Mm, I do think I remember reading something about that when they were changing the name or something. This is a funny one. Um, Spray paint. Hmm. Uh, had to be invented because they weren't going to finish painting everything white in time. And somebody had to come up with a way to paint everything white before the fair wow. ha- started. Maybe they just had somebody with a bellows <laughs> yeah. just pumping like behind pump, the yeah. guy. Yeah. Oh my God, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So by 1900, Pabst was the world's largest brewing company. I have written in my notes 100 million barrels a year, and I, like, double-checked that, and I still don't think that can be right. That sounds crazy. It's a lot of fucking beer. Yeah. I will triple-check it. 100 million. That's so much. So, yeah. That's, they, like, 3 billion gallons. Gallons. Yeah. 
I mean, that just doesn't sound right. Are there even 3 billion gallons of water in Lake Michigan? Yeah, there's like (laughs) 900 trillion gallons. There's a fuck ton of water. Yeah. In Lake Michigan alone? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's pretty big. (laughs) This is when they were opening all of their taverns and tide houses, too. Hundreds of them all over the U.S. A tide house is a tavern that is tied to a specific brewery, so they are not allowed to serve any other brands Hmm. of beer. So there's just, like, a huge PBR sign out front, and everything has, like, the ribbon and the little... They have a little hops design under the ribbon, and everything is... The branding is, like, on point already by 1900. Hmm. I guess that's kind of how breweries are nowadays. Like so, like most breweries that brew their own shit, at least. Yeah. A lot of times only have their own stuff. Yeah. Mm. I can kind of understand that concept, I guess. Yeah. Um. So this brings us to Prohibition, 1920 to 1933. Ooh, I bet they're pissed. Um, yeah, it was unfortunate. They pivoted to, do you want to guess what they produced during hot, Prohibition? Hot chocolate. Uh, turpentine. Uh, like they solvents, still, chemical they, solvents. They still made beer, but it was packaged... In 7-Up bottles. You know what? A lot of breweries continued to make non-alcoholic or extremely low, like 0.5 versions of their beer. And so Pabst did continue to do that. It was called Pablo, their (laughs) non-alcoholic beer. There were six breweries, and I don't know if Pabst was one of them, that was allowed to continue making beer as medicine Mm -hmm. for pregnant women. What? (laughs) They gave beer to women who were in labor. Isn't that Mm. funny? I mean, come on. I mean, I had one natural childbirth, and I probably definitely would have downed some beer if somebody (laughs) gave it to me. If they were like, this will make you feel better, I'd be like, give me six. And the dads were like in the room like, you want to finish that? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, During Prohibition, they produced Pabst Et, which was a delicious, spreadable cheese food. It was called... What year was this? So... Uh, 1920 to 1933. Oh, yes. Pro- okay, so this was another Prohibition product. Yes, And yes. they made cheese. Cheese. Because they're uh, from Wisconsin. Well, mm, it's a cheese product. It's Velveeta? Basically Velveeta. Wow. It's basically Velveeta. They made it in block and spreadable forms in cheddar, Swiss, and pimento flavors. Mm. The reason they made this was because they had a bunch of farmland already that they had acquired for their horses because they used to have all of these horse-drawn buggies for oh, yeah. transporting the beer. Uh-huh. Um, and then in the 1910s, when the Model T came out and people started using those for deliveries, they didn't need the horses anymore, so they bought a bunch of Holstein cattle. Hmm. And they had, like, dairy cattle just for something to do with the land. Oh. Um, so this cheese, a 1927 ad, here's a quote from an ad, pure Holstein milk from our tuberculosis-free herd. <laughs> hmm. Gotta advertise that. <laughs> oh, wow, that was a different era. Uh, they also put out a cheese cookbook for housewives called Recipes the Modern Pabstet Way. Pabstet? I want to understand this name. It's like Pabst and then like a hyphen and then E-T-T. Oh, okay. I do not understand the name. Well, there was that like... Yeah, the the... They just add added at to everything to make it for women. I guess. You know? Cheese for women. Yeah. <laughs> it's must, a very weird name. That must be a German thing. It must have invoked. Oh, maybe. You know, I'll yeah. let our if we have German listeners help us understand your language. 
<laughs> um, they sold millions and millions of pounds of wow. this cheese. <laughs> Does this guy go wrong? No, he doesn't. This uh, cheese product was so similar to Velveeta that Kraft sued them Ooh. and won. Wow. Oh, damn. But allowed them to continue making the cheese. I, I don't know. There was some sort of licensing agreement. And Kraft bought Pabstet after Prohibition ended. Okay. And sold it as Pabstet for a few years before just like smooshing it into the Velveeta brand. Wow. Oh, cool. Isn't that huh. crazy? That is so crazy. Yeah. I thought Velveeta had no milk, but maybe I'm wrong. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I'm probably definitely wrong. <laughs> Pabst in 1935 started selling in cans, and that was real early. Like, not a lot of beer came in cans at that point. There's some argument as to who invented the six-pack, but hmm. Pabst claims that they invented the six-pack. Huh. It's six cans of beer because... Six is the exact number that is a comfortable weight for housewives to carry. What? <laughs> huh. They did some testing. Some market research. I guess eight was too heavy and four wasn't too heavy at all. And four so, wasn't enough for the men. Well. <laughs> if you've got like two guys hanging out having some beers, like two, two each is not going to be enough. They probably want at least three. And I three mean, was maybe the most comfortable. Why is the housewife... Do you housewife carry a six-pack? Me? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of hard, but I, I am able to. Comfortably. Comfortably enough. Uh, as good. long as I don't have to go up too many the stairs. The system still works. <laughs> don't worry. Uh, the timeline starts to get a little fuzzy at this point. I know that the Pabst family was still running the company into the early 1950s, at least. Between, like, the 50s and the 80s, I couldn't find a lot of information on what was going on. I remember in my lifetime, they went from being independent to selling out. So in 1984, um, the board of directors sold the company to a guy named Paul Kelmanowicz. Um, he was a Jewish guy from Poland. He moved to the U.S. in 1926. The rest of his family stayed in Poland and... Did not make it out of World War II. They all, he, oh God. he got a phone call from a niece who informed him that his mom and brothers had all died in oh, Auschwitz. Fuck. Yeah. God, that's horrifying. In 1950, he bought his first brewery, the Meyer Brewery in Los Angeles. In 1970, he bought Lucky Lager. In 1974, he bought the Falstaff Brewery. He got in some trouble with the SEC over that. Purchase. I'm not sure what went wrong. The SEC always making things go wrong. Uh, yes. Making for it hard for good Americans to do business. Always. Um, he bought National Bohemian, Olympia Pearl, Lone Star. Oh. Pabst was in nineteen eighty four. So he had a real he had like a lot of beer brands okay. under his umbrella. He was kind of an asshole. Uh, he was known for leveraged buyouts. He closed a lot of plants, laid off a lot of employees. A lot of employees complained about paychecks bouncing, especially as operations were shutting down. Sounds like a this type of business guy. He also denied being Jewish and denied having any family, hmm. which huh. is just weird. I don't That's know. That's fucked up, especially because he kept his Jewish last name. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, buddy. Maybe he You're was not like really grief stricken and just couldn't face it. You That's know? true. Yeah. Like, I mean, I could see it. I got no family. Fuck you guys. Right. Leave me alone. I'm not going to talk about it. 
Um, he died in 1987, and um, the company was run by the Kalmanovitz Charitable Trust for well, quite a few years after that. It was not sold again until 2010. And here's a name from a previous episode, C. Jean Metropolis. Oh. You remember this guy? Um, Is it a spec? Ooh, gosh, you've got a good memory. Yeah, I'm trying to place which episode this guy was in. Twinkies. Oh, that's right. I just love that name is so fantastic. Seeding Metropolis. Uh Uh-huh. It sounds magical and whimsical. He, I think we even brought up PBR on that episode because it's such a crazy amount of money. He bought the company $250 million in 2010, sold it four years later, for seven hundred million, mm. like Fuck. nearly tripled the value. Here is what he did in those four years. Uh-oh. Listen to how he tripled the value. I mean, I'm sure this isn't all he did, but I think this is a really funny part of the story. Is this unethical? No, because he's a businessman. It's not unethical <laughs> when you're making hundreds All's of millions of dollars. And war. It's not unethical in the way you're thinking, but I guess you know, ponder it and decide for yourself. He was not. Um, he was not doing like Super Bowl ads the way most beer companies were. He was doing PBR themed art shows. Oh. He hired Will Farrell to do some commercials. He partnered with O'Neill, Santa Cruz Skateboards, and Vans to market to skater boys. Fucking hipster. He's just going after the hipsters. And the Project Pabst Music Festival in Portland, Oregon. Yep. This is when hipsters started drinking PBR. Uh And what year was this? This is between 2010 and 2014. Yep. Huh. Heyday. That's pretty funny. Isn't that hilarious? Uh This is how you triple the value of a company. Wow. You market it to millennials. Fuck. That's funny. Hilarious. So in 2014, Seeding Metropolis sells the company for $700 million to a guy named Eugene Cashper. And that name might sound familiar if you've read the Panama Papers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this guy has an interesting story. He was born in Leningrad in the Soviet Union in 1969. Um, his family was Jewish and they were fleeing communism. They moved to the U.S. when he was six years old and he grew up in New Jersey. But he was raised by, I mean, he was Russian. He spoke Russian at home. He was completely fluent in Russian. As an adult, he ended up getting a job importing American beer into Russia. Mm. Eh, that seems like a good job if you're a Russian speaker. I think it it was a very good job for him. Um, so then in 2014, he got together with an equity firm called TSG Consumer Partners they manage about 10 billion in assets and their little claim to fame is that 50% of their employees are female. Hmm. The industry average is 13%. Oh. Yeah. So that's significant. Mhm. But TSG and Eugene Cashper purchased Pabst. Pabst had also acquired Stroh's, Schlitz, Old Milwaukee, Colt 45, Old Style. Wow. Um are those all Mil- all Wisconsin? I, most of them I are. I think so, right? Uh, Stroh's is Detroit. Okay. And Old Style is Chicago. Okay. Eugene Cashper says 
They own 77 brands and have, quote, a virtual monopoly on American heritage brands. Wow. Is that good or bad? It's cool. I mean, I don't think it's good. I mean, for, for you to be advertising that you have a monopoly. Yeah. Maybe choose some different words. So they're known, the company is now known as Blue Ribbon Partners, and that's mm. the umbrella under which all of these breweries wow. exist, and Cashbar is still the chairman. I can't believe, like, every single beer, like... You know, old-fashioned, maybe not the best, macro, yeah, mm. mainstream. Heritage, he calls Well, them. that's, of course, what he's going to call <laughs> I don't know who makes the coffee, but I do know who brews the beer, and it's not Pabst. Huh. Pabst has not brewed any beer since 1999. They are strictly a marketing company. Huh. Wow. Huh. Miller Coors is under contract to brew their beer. I think I remember but hearing that. Is Miller owned by that guy? Nope. Miller what? wanted to stop brewing their beer. Uh-huh. They had a 20-year contract that yeah. would have expired like three years ago. And the contract said they were going to brew the beer for 20 years with an option, with two five-year options on top of that. And it wasn't specified in the contract whose option Oh. So Miller said, we don't want to brew this anymore. And Pabst said, no, we're going to go another five years. And it went to court, and Miller had to keep brewing their beer. Wow. Isn't that crazy that you can force someone to brew beer for you and put your label on it? Right. Crazy. Totally crazy. I also know who makes the alcohol. That goes into the hard coffee. Oh, the hard coffee. Okay. In 2019. Wait, so it's not beer? It's coffee, cream, and whiskey. How did I miss all this? Are there just, is there just like a, like a generic alcohol that has no name? It's just alcohol? So here, 2019, for whatever reason, Pabst decide, well, I know for what reason, because they want to start selling like hard seltzers and shit. So they want to make a whiskey. But they don't want to make it. They just want to market it. Mm. So somehow they get the New Holland Brewing Company, because they're also distilling, to distill Pabst-branded whiskey. Okay. So here's the thing. It's grain alcohol. In order to make grain alcohol whiskey, the law says you have to age it in a barrel. Right. I remember that from Jim Beam. Right. But bourbon has a specific amount of time. Whiskey does not have a specific amount of time. So can you just like pour it into a whiskey cask and have it come right back out? They age their whiskey for five seconds. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Nice. Five seconds. <laughs> so that's all Pabst whiskey mm-hmm. across the board, whether it's mixed with coffee or not. Mm-hmm. That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yes. Huh. So in 2019, New Holland starts distilling whiskey for Pabst. Also in 2019... Pabst Hard Coffee comes out. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Yeah. Sounds like, yeah. They also have a hard seltzer, a hard iced tea, and Marcus, they have a cannabis-infused seltzer. It's <laughs> alcohol-free. You don't have to worry about mixing. It's only available in California right uh, now. Of course. Mm. Here's the most interesting thing about that product. The serving size is 5 milligrams of THC, but the can contains 10 milligrams. Oh, okay. So, so you oh. Yeah, and put the other half in the fridge. Right. 
Is that a lot of THC? No, that's like, I would say that five milligrams to 10 milligrams is a very basic, um, like recreational dose. dose. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, is it going to give you like the cannabis equivalent of like a one beer buzz? Cannabis hits different people differently, mm-hmm. more so than alcohol, I'd say. Yeah. Especially ingested in that way, as okay. opposed to smoked. So. Yeah. Yeah. If you live in California and you would like to hear Marcus and I do an episode on cannabis-infused PBR, please send some. Yeah. <laughs> Mail it. <laughs> Try it. That would make a great love it or leave it. Oh, that would just make a great Tuesday or whatever. Please send it in. <laughs> Steph is like, we're not even going to record it. Just send it to us, please. <laughs> mail it to Modest Coffee. Like the minute we get that package in the mail, I'm just ingesting it immediately. Love it. <laughs> oh <laughs> uh, that does it for me wow that's amazing. awesome <sighs> cool well shall we crack open a can of this coffee yeah let's try it yeah, all, right. all right you go grab it marcus modest coffee roasts the highest quality single origin coffees without the snobbery They take the guesswork out of buying specialty coffee by carefully curating green coffees and sorting them to one of their tiers based on cupping score, price, flavor notes, and roast level. Go to www.modest.coffee forward slash no bad reviews to see what they're roasting today. Pip pip cheerio! So I have grabbed these out of the refrigerator stuff. I'm very excited. Hard coffee original. Do I shake it? Malt Ooh, beverage? I have no, maybe a, like Flavors. a gentle. gentle. These are 5% APV, so very average beer amount of alcohol. I assume that average PBR is probably like 4.5% yeah, or something probably. is the assumption I would make. Nothing. It doesn't really say much of anything else on the can. Yeah, I am actually curious if this will be like monster. How much sugar was in that? <sighs> Uh, like 35, 34 grams in Monster. This does not no, have any nutrition. One. Oh, yeah. This doesn't need to tell you the nutritional value. Wait, beer doesn't have to tell you how much sugar is in it? Apparently not. Or alcoholic drinks? Oh, man, there's a lot of sugar in it. Wait, if there's milk in it, does it have to say that there's milk? It does say on here contains milk. So Malt no. beverage with natural and artificial flavors contains milk. It's very sweet. It is insanely sweet. I don't know why I'm surprised. Did this come from Walmart too? Where did this come from? Oh my gosh. Please let me tell you where this came from. Oh. I have a friend who had a job with this guy named Speedy. I don't know (laughs) where Speedy is from or what his real name is or anything. I like met him once super briefly and apparently he was introduced to our podcast and loved it. And um, so your friend's friend Speedy. Speedy yeah, loves our podcast. Yeah, yeah. And um, saw Jason like there was like an after work drinks situation happening, and he met Jason and gave him these two cans of PBR hard coffee and said, "Give these to Stephanie for the podcast." Amazing, wow. isn't that cool? Thank yeah. you, Speedy. I know that's yeah. so. so great. We don't know where Speedy got them. No. They don't have, they don't, are these, are these, is this a real product? This is, 
Yeah. <laughs> I saw it on the website. It okay. does sound like a fell off the back of the truck sort of situation. Sorry, oh Speedy. I don't see nutrition <laughs> facts. Or, at name... least there's a UPC, but the UPC doesn't look like a normal UPC look, either. When somebody like... has a name like Speedy, you gotta have so, you gotta question things. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. I met him briefly. He seemed like a very nice guy. I'm sure he was. Yeah. I'm gonna say, and I know it's been a few weeks now since we did the Java Monster. I think I preferred that flavor-wise. What? Really? I this is um I don't it doesn't taste like real coffee at all. Like it's extremely sweet and maybe milkier also than the. I yeah. kind of wish we were trying them side by side, but I don't remember it being quite this milky tasting. Mm. Mm. It tastes like a latte, like. Yeah. Like a heavy, frappuccino heavy on can. The milk. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. My question is, are you going to add whiskey to that? Oh, my God. <laughs> I think it could benefit from the whiskey, maybe. Uh, it just it's needs... It's not bad, but it's not... It needs to be 10% in order to be worth drinking. It's, yeah, I mean... <laughs> it just... It, it's got kind of that milk chocolate vibe. That's weird. Is it kind of like a coffee white Russian with sugar? I don't even taste the alcohol. It's 5%. So it's like... Oh, that's not very... Is that not much? No, it's not much. Well, it's not that different than putting a shot oh, in look a... How, like, I mean... Look how milky that is. Has Speedy tried this before? I mean, I think they come in 12 packs, you guys. So did he okay. have a 12 pack? <laughs> is this something have. he drinks regularly? I have no idea. I have so many questions now. Like, who just runs around with two cans of coffee alcohol on the ch- off chance that he might meet... The life partner of a podcast host. Yeah, no, I think he, I think this was something that he was just drinking. And when he saw Jason, he was like, oh, hey. I've got a couple of these in my car. In his like lunch bag? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 30 grams of sugar Oof. per can. Oh, wow. That's and a, I, I'm surprised it's that little. I'm going to add some whiskey though. I need it to. Are you really? Yeah. I, you know what I huh. think needs to be added to this much like. Your monster idea. I think it needs coffee. <laughs> <laughs> There's still some left there. Or do you still have some in your cup? Uh, well, I have a, a biscotti floating in my cup as yeah, well. Gross. Um, 35 milligrams of caffeine per can. Whiskey helps. Whiskey helps. Whiskey helps. It's All pretty right. good. I'll try some. The sweetness is really, I can't drink it. It's yeah. way too sweet. You can no. take one of those uh, blue cups if you want. If you those hit it with the whiskey, oh, great. it does help balance it out. Do you want to smell it, Jenny? Okay, I'll smell it. Actually, it doesn't smell that bad. You know what this smells You're like? Wafting. Yeah. It's reminding me of like eggnog from my childhood. Oh, funny. Oh. Very milky. Hmm. Very, Very milky. Or you know what else it smells like? Vanilla extract. I think it smells pretty good. Mm. I mean, I'm not saying that you should taste it, but I bet if you tasted it, you wouldn't taste any alcohol either. Honestly, yeah, there's, I'm it's not just getting like no any. Burn. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm not going to test it out, but I believe you. The coffee flavor is like non-distinct. It's there. It's like coffee flavor. Yeah, it's barely. It's a little right. bit there. Um, the whiskey does help. It cuts the sweetness. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it kind of dries it out a little bit. Yeah. It's not so so cloyingly sweet. There's a little bit of coffee left in the pot, too, if you want some. Hmm. I don't know if you want it. I'm, there. I'm good there. now. I mean, I feel like adding a little bit of whiskey helped this beverage. To, it's, it's not bad. No, I would do this. Mm-hmm. You know, if I had if somebody gave me a can and... If somebody gave you, know? you a can and you had a bottle of Suntory on you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know if I do it on its own, but definitely adding the little shot helped. Yeah, for like sure. This is a beverage I would drink now. 
it's very just sort of nondescript. I, it's it's only offensive in its um, sugar content. Like the flavor isn't offensive. It's just um, just kind of bland. Yeah, right. Like I mean, like Manhattan go- Special was better. Yes, yeah. yes. Like if you're going into a drink hoping that there's alcohol and then you don't really taste any alcohol, you just get a Starbucks bottled frappuccino, right. essentially. I could see where somebody might be a little put off. But, you know, like maybe Speedy does drink those on his lunch break to give himself a little (laughs) caffeine buzz for the day. (laughs) I will not say what he does for a living. He should definitely not be drinking at his job. I say the more I drink it, the more I'm enjoying it. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. It's like um, with the whiskey added, like a mudslide or like I feel like I've had a shot on someone's 21st birthday or something. My mom used to drink those. Yeah. Oh, my God. Are you serious? <laughs> I'm dead serious. I'll never forget. The mudslide fucking jug container. Right. A jug? Yeah. That's what yeah. this tastes like. Right. There Is you go. Is that something you can buy in a jug? I used to. I don't know if they still even like, sell like it. A, like a milk gallon? Yeah. Like maybe no. like a half gallon, like mixer, yeah. Really? The yeah. same way you buy like the margarita mix that sometimes oh, yeah. comes yeah. with alcohol in uh-huh. it. Yeah. Right. Oh, that's so I'm just funny. picturing like a regular milk jug from the dairy section. <laughs> what is in a mudslide? Is it coffee? Um, you know, I think it's Kahlua. Okay. I think it's like a Kahlua Bailey's kind of thing, and Kahlua is a coffee flavored liqueur. So that nailed it. Yeah, that's what it tastes like to me. So right. who is this coffee for? It's for your mom. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Obviously. We found one for your mom. There you go. Yeah. Right. I love me a mudslide. <laughs> yeah. Aw. Now that we've said mudslide, I kind of want to add whipped cream. <laughs> oh, Do there's it. Some there's the some on the table. So I poured half the can into this cup and added whiskey. I don't, like, I guess it's going to be, this half a can is going to be fine. I'm energized, man. I'm feeling good. I want to go dancing. Really? Oh, you're really like, I was saying you're like really channeling your mom right now. (laughs) That's That's funny. Um, I don't know who else it's for. Speedy and your mom. It's an interesting combo. If you, if you like a really sweet drink and if you have a reason to have, like, I got maybe like a Sunday brunch drink, I guess, where it's okay to have a little caffeine with your alcohol. I mean, it's not too high in either. I just think that'd be weird if you're at brunch and you're like, get out the Pep's Blue Ribbon. <laughs> and the whiskey. <laughs> and the whiskey. I just make myself, uh, uh, make myself a little beverage. <laughs> this is like the most Milwaukee brunch drink ever. <laughs> it's going to go really well with those cheese curds. Right. <laughs> oh, man. We need like some kind of Velveeta recipe to go with this beverage that's uh, like I a want. queso dip mm, yeah yep there we go mm-hmm. i'm hosting a brunch it's happening <laughs> it's gonna be queso dip and, <laughs> and Pepsi 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 coffee yes <laughs> okay. you're invited listen i'll come if you make that velveeta mac and cheese that shit's the bomb okay <laughs> when we were kids my family was really into velveeta mm. Everybody's family. Yeah, is really that's into true. Velveeta. Except for Marcus's vegan dad. Yeah. Oh man, he had like he had if like there's soy one cheese. Right side to being vegan growing up, it's that we didn't get into Velveeta. Velveeta is fucking disgusting. I do not recall any other cheese Ooh. except for Velveeta. Oh, we were so into it. Ugh. It's like so fake. 
Yeah, no, I didn't. Yeah. It was Velveeta oh, and margarine, mm-hmm. and that was it. We had my margarine. whole life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the texture of Velveeta is. How would you know? Disgusting. Have you had it? I have seen it on TV, <laughs> and I, it looks disgusting. <laughs> All right. Well, this episode not brought to you by Velveeta. <laughs> it's by Papstead. Papstead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh well. All right. I guess that. I guess that does it for us. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Um, we're really glad that you're here with us. If you want to follow us on social media, that's at No Bad Reviews Pod. Yeah, it's just Pod. It's Jenny's been two weeks since I've done this. Too much to drink. Yeah. <laughs> too much drinking. I've been smelling. Um, <laughs> Also, send us an email at hello at nobadreviewspodcast.com if you have anything you want to say to us. You can find us on patreon.com and buymeacoffee.com. Both of those are slash nobadreviewspod. That's where you guys can give us money. If you have something you want to mail to us, you can mail it to Modest Coffee. We're taking all sorts of things. Gifts all over. It's great. We love gifts. What, what are people sending you in the mail? I forgot. Oh, yeah. Cannabis Pabst. Yes. Or our- just cannabis. <laughs> send that in the mail, too. We'll take it. Address it to Marcus, not to me. Yeah. I don't know what the legal implications are I definitely... I'll you can chances. send it to Modest Coffee, but please don't address it to Modest Coffee. <laughs> in fact, you know what? If you send it to Modest Coffee, like, address it to somebody... Like, who doesn't exist. Like, a fictional so, person. Attention, definitely not drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Philip, best. <Yeah. laughs> Care of. Modest coffee. Oh, that's funny. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't really have anything else. We'll see you guys in two weeks. Yeah. We, we will look forward to finally seeing you in two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cheers, everybody. Thank you for listening to this podcast, generously sponsored by Modest Coffee, purveyors of single-origin coffee without the snobbery. Visit www.modest.coffee forward slash no bad reviews to see what they're roasting today. Enjoy.